0: It's great to be here with you today on our podcast, His Heartbeat, a ministry of Crown of Beauty International, where your questions about life's challenges are explored through God's Word so He can renew and restore us in the truth of His love. His Heartbeat for you. Let's get started. Here's our host and good friend, Sue Coral.
1: Welcome back, everybody, to His Heartbeat. Oh, we have a great show with Emily Kark and turns out she lives two hours from me. I always love to hear that. So we're planning to get together. <laughs>
0: Welcome, Emily, to our show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here.
1: Yeah. Well, I believe that and because you have quite the message to share you have a ministry helping women who are have been sex trafficked so mm-hmm. we're going to be talking about that but before we do can you introduce yourself a bit
0: so my name is emily as you said i'm a wife of almost 10 years in august which is crazy cuz it's been like 5 <laughs> minutes and i have a 7 and 9 year old boys so i'm a stay at home mom i homeschool one boy one of my sons is in christian school and in my spare time that all of us moms have, you know, (laughs) I'm an author and now a founder of Learning to Live Beloved Ministries that is up and coming nonprofit that, as you said, will be working with women who've been in the sex industry or have been trafficked.
1: That's awesome. I love it. So Learning to Live Beloved Ministries, Mm
0: -hmm. right? And your
1: author, what's the name of your book?
0: Dear Mama, it's a 45-day, five-minute devotional for the weary mama's heart. It's open letters from myself just kind of speaking to those long, weary days that we have as mothers, kind of in any season of motherhood, that the heart changes, but the heart is still there. So just some encouragement that you're not alone, some scripture, some reflection, just those little breaths of fresh air we need in the busy of motherhood. And you can find that on Amazon.
1: Oh, that's great. Yeah. So it's Emily Karp, K-A-R-C. That's a yes. different name. Yeah, that's great.
0: Yeah. Thanks.
1: Well, tell us your story, how I'm assuming your story is connected to your heart to minister to women who have gone through sex trafficking. Can we hear your story?
0: Yeah. So I was not trafficked. I will preface with that. But I think a common factor in so many stories that I've heard from women, whether they've been abused, raped, trafficked, or they just had, if we want to quote unquote daddy issues or some sort of rejection, there is that common theme of shame, of rejection, of heartbreak, the enemy came to kill steal and destroy and he definitely has tried to do that in my life as a young pastor's daughter felt like my dad didn't love me and the enemy was very quick to fill in any way he could to prove that that was true so my dad kind of couldn't couldn't win <laughs> And so as I grew up very insecure, very sheltered, thinking dad doesn't love me, the world was all too happy to provide avenues of love for me through relationships with men. And so for quite some time, I sought out love through relationships with other men, thinking that that would fill the void and it never really truly satisfied. I kind of had a turning point when I was 20 and got back into church and really was trying to pursue the heart of the father, that my husband, who was wonderful, we got married, I got pregnant, and it wasn't what I thought. I thought that was going to be the ultimate satisfaction in my life. That would be the ultimate intimacy that I had lacked in other relationships. And I still felt so empty and alone. And so once again, the enemy was all too willing to pop in bring another nice christian guy who spoke what i wanted to hear who filled all those voids and i just drank it up and in that process god just kind of took me by the shirt collar and pulled me out of the oncoming traffic of a full-blown affair and said we're not you're not doing this like this is enough for emily and pulled me out and i had to then really face What was the root issue of these actions that others wanted to label and judge me by and that I had very easily taken and worn those heavy labels of shame? You know, I I may have introduced myself as Emily, but behind that was introductions of I'm a whore, I'm a slut, I'm adulterer, I'm, you know, a terrible mother of even worse wife, I'm depressed, I have anxiety. And that was kind of the narrative of my life and, and the crowns that I wore as my identity. And God took all of those away and showed me that the only name he had to offer me was beloved, that I'm simply his beloved because of his death and resurrection, because of his blood and really completely changed my life and my story. And I've always known I wanted to work with women. I wanted to help women who felt like me. Now that could have been me at 16 wanting to make suicide. It could have been me at 20 sleeping with men I should not have been with at 26, having an emotional affair at five feeling rejected by dad, but I wanted to be there for those women. And so then the question became like, what is that God? What, what is beloved that you've taught me and how do I give that to other people? And through that process and prayer and meeting different people, God has opened the doors and shown me, What a grand need there is for the hearts of women who have been trafficked, who have been abused. You know, my heart really longs to share beloved with them so that they know that no matter what their story is, where they've come from, what labels the world has given them, there is hope and there's healing and restoration in Jesus. And that name is for them too. And they can drop all those labels and learn to live beloved in Jesus.
1: That's cool. So it, it began with your own journey, right, of getting healed. So how how did that come about?
0: So really, it was kind of walk away from my marriage and just keep pursuing selfish ambitions, if you will, to fill this huge void of pain and rejection and never feeling good enough, never feeling worthy and just all the heavy shame on my life or figure out what was causing that. And I, I didn't have a lot of hope that there was change for me. I had been on an antidepressant for 12 years. I just thought that was that was my story. But God connected me with a wonderful life coach that really got did get to the root of what was going on. I'd mm-hmm. seen many counselors and therapists in the past, Christian, secular, for different things, and always kind of brought up this this thing with my dad that never felt really right and that you know triggered me and and made me feel rejected and they all kind of just you know take notes and keep going and it wasn't till this counselor this coach that really was like that's it that's where shame started for you and the enemy has just kept heaping these bodies kind of on top of you inside this pit and so we got to dig you out of that pit and that was kind of the hope that that there was something more for me and then through that process was healing and forgiveness for my dad, healing for myself, forgiveness for myself, accepting truly God's forgiveness, even though I had been saved since I was five, it was still like, you kind of put your hand up and like only so far God, because I feel like I need to do this penance for what I've done. And then my coach would always say like, God wants healing for you, but more than healing, full restoration. So whenever we would pray over generational curses or soul ties or just bondage that needed to be broken she would not just pray for healing but god's full restoration and i know and can feel in my soul and my spirit that that full restoration has taken place because those places that used to wound me that i couldn't talk about couldn't think about would have nightmares about there's just peace and and i i want other people to know that they can have that too
1: that's very cool so Mm -hmm. it was a lot of discovery of Mm -hmm. the real emotions going on yeah what it was tagged to but then speaking truth into your life through prayer right yeah really like inner healing or soul care is another name for some of this Mm -hmm. that's really cool and Mm -hmm. i love that you know the lord brought someone along at the right time yeah but it, it also says you know we can have had counseling in our past I'm mm-hmm. sure that was somewhat helpful but yeah it was yeah it was but really we've got to get down to the the core beliefs down there and mm-hmm. release them to the Lord. we need to look at what God actually says and claim mm-hmm. that as truth yeah. and then pray that into our soul yeah so I love that and even the the title of your ministry, Mm-hmm. Um, learning to live beloved right mm-hmm. that, that what it is yeah so mm-hmm. so important that you came to realize that god really loves you Is i'm mm-hmm. assuming right that was god yeah deemed.
0: yeah yeah
1: so that was key because you were not really feeling you could be is that right because of the yeah. Same shame yeah yes and you you did connect it's funny i mean you all, i can tell from The way you're sharing it, that you love your dad, Mm -hmm. you acknowledge in many ways he's a good dad, yeah, yeah, but sometimes even good dads, we're not perfect parents, amen. No, (laughs) no, we're not. You know, I I always told my kids, Yeah, whatever counseling you need in the future, I'll pay for it, (laughs) (laughs) you know, because we're not perfect, and even dads that maybe want to be a good dad, but you know, they have their their issues or we Mm -hmm. can perceive things wrong Mm -hmm. as well like their busyness in the ministry as they don't Mm -hmm. love me for example but God really revealed to you his love so Mm
0: -hmm.
1: his love trumps all yes I guess that's really the hope that you see uh, for these sex trafficked women
0: yes yeah absolutely I just I I would never want to speak for them but I know first other people that I've talked to how easy it is to believe those lies and to be that woman in the corner fading into the darkness under the weight of those lies of the things done to you the things said about you the mistakes you've made and the enemy just pointing that finger at you and saying you're done you there's no hope for you and I want those women to know there is hope it doesn't matter how far gone you are because I felt too far gone (laughs) just in my own actions and that there wouldn't, there was no coming back. There was no way I could ever do enough penance for, for what I'd done. But that's, that's the whole point, you know, that God has already done all of that for us through his son, Jesus. So how do we let go of the shame and let him in, really let him in to love us? you know, and and understand his love for us, especially if you've been taught, you know, that God is this big, mean person waiting to hit you on the head when you make a mistake. Mm -hmm. It was really understanding grace, which was a process I'd already been on, but it was a whole, it was actually taking what I had learned and applying it to myself. It's very easy to sit and gift other people all the wisdom and love, but then it's so hard to give it to yourself sometimes because we just... I guess, think it doesn't apply.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I would guess being a pastor's kid, there is some pressure in that. Like yeah. You've got to behave. You've got to be good. Yeah. you got to be a good Christian or mm-hmm. you know, daddy's life. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, yeah, you nailed it all in the head. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So yeah. there, I think you can experience even more shame, even for little things. You know, mm-hmm.
0: pressure. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but I love what you're saying about penance. It's something, think about everybody listening, all of you, if whats what's been your upbringing? Because some churches really emphasize that we need to pay penance. We need to punish ourselves, basically. I know I lived in the Philippines two years, and at Easter, literally, guys, would have themselves nailed to a cross and wow. carried down the road, and and be flogged this crazy stuff. Feeling yeah. that that's what they had to do in order for God to accept them. And mm-hmm. I I remember, and I don't fault my mother for this, I, I, you know. But what happened in my wrong thinking is when I would do something wrong, like if I came home two, three hours late into the morning, you know, after being with friends and mom was up half the night and was worried about me and crying. And I would feel so bad that the next morning I'd wake up early and I would do all the gardening. And mm-hmm. I was paying penance. And yeah, you know, what she probably needed to say was, honey, you really don't need to do that. I forgive you. I realize yeah. you're sorry. But she didn't really say that. She just say, well, thanks for doing the gardens. You know, yeah. And so I just thought that's what you need to do. And we can carry that into our relationship with yeah. God, feeling that we need to punish ourselves. And I think or that we're not worthy to be forgiven mm-hmm. or be accepted, which I think a lot of these women in sex trafficking, I don't think it gets them into it, which I want to talk about in a minute. But mm-hmm. I think it can keep them in it. You know, sure. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. but that's not how it is, right? You mentioned that what Christ has done on the cross is enough, more than mm-hmm. enough. And that's why he went to the cross is to pay that penalty for our sin. Mm-hmm. And what he asks us to do is to receive his forgiveness and mm-hmm. Yes, to place all that sin on the cross, (laughs) to Mm -hmm. confess that. But once we do, we are forgiven. And each time Mm -hmm. that we fall to turn back to him and say, Lord, truly, I'm sorry. Thank you that you died on the cross Mm -hmm. for that. Yeah, Yeah. it's good. So how can you kind of, you know more about the whole area of women who've been sex trafficked? How Mm -hmm. How do women typically get into that? Because there's a false. I I literally heard this from a policeman once. I wanted to hit him, but oh, women do that because they they want to do it. They they see they feel beautiful that way. They it's a good way to make money. I was like, you're Mm -hmm. such an idiot. I was so angry. Yeah,
0: Yeah, (laughs) angry too. Can
1: you shed some light onto that?
0: Sure. So I I would not say I'm the expert, but Someone may know more than me. But in what I've learned thus far, most, if not all, trafficking, someone you're going to find in a strip club, in a hotel, on a street corner or wherever, it didn't start out her waking up one day and it's like, I think I want to be a prostitute today. This sounds fun to me. And then, you know, somehow in her naivety got caught up with a pimp. That's very unlikely. What you're looking at is a 26, 34, 45-year-old woman who was abused as a little girl, who was sexually abused by dad, grandma, uncle, brother, sister, and nobody helped her. Even if she told, the church rejected her, the church didn't respond correctly, mommy and daddy didn't care, or even at that point, she was already being trafficked for dad's drug addiction, for bills, what have you. So when we're looking at this person that is grown and we're wanting to judge her for her life choices it's so vital that we realize how young that started and so that started now already a vulnerability in that person so you already have people you're supposed to be able to trust using you and rejecting you and manipulating you and that's where your surface level as a child starts And so now you already have a vulnerable girl who, of course, is then going to be preyed upon by the guys in high school, the guys around her that see those vulnerabilities, that can sniff them out. And now maybe she's pregnant at 15 and she gets kicked out or she's in the foster care system or she's a runaway. Like these are all people who have been subject to incredible rejection of vulnerability and how are you going to pay your bills then now when, you, when you're when you 15? Like I heard this analogy, like, you know, so a girl starts out being abused. Now she's 15, living in a trailer with her boyfriend. She gets pregnant. The boyfriend, of course, is manipulative because that's the type of man she attracts and says, well, how are you going to pay for this baby? You have to start sleeping with the landlord and trafficking begins. And that's really how it's happening. And so now this person is, is trapped in this world. There's often drugs involved in order to cope. We all have our coping things. How many of you eat chocolate at night to cope? Well, that's your drug. So don't be judging anybody else who's shooting heroin. It's really comes down to the same, same filling that void. And so now she's, she's stuck in trafficking. She needs to be able to pay for her child, for her home, for her drugs. The traffickers are all too happy provide that i've also heard stories of women who didn't maybe weren't abused but had a dad who was a little aloof who wasn't you know they didn't feel that love for dad they got in it with a bad crowd and instead of people saying hey you know what you used to get a's now you're getting d's you know what why are you why are you you know, smoking pot now, like what, now they're bad. Now they're in detention and everybody just kind of, the church rejects them, people reject them and we're just labeled bad. And that even happened in my own life. You know, when I was making poor choices now was just bad. I wasn't good little Christian girl, pastor's daughter, Emily, now it was bad, but no one stopped and said, why?
1: Yeah. Emily, I just want to bring up something that I learned. I was in a conference once and we were helping with this whole problem and we also learned about it and they were sharing that so in some cases it's very healthy girls that you know they've been mm-hmm. raised in a healthy environment and they don't have all these issues that we're talking about but uh, they look for these young women like they were warning us and I had a girl or my daughter was about 15 at the time and that they go to malls and they mm-hmm. look yeah. over the women's, near the women's bathroom. And so the mom leaves them or the friends leave them and they go off on their own. And then they pay these good looking kids, hey, we'll give you a thousand bucks if you tell this girl to come out to the parking lot. Mm-hmm. And, and then they they do. And then they kidnap them, they throw them into the van, and then they drug them immediately yeah. with highly addictive drugs. And then they keep pumping them with these until the the girl's an addict. She can't stop. So she mm-hmm. and one they're they're not letting you go. So they just house right. them in these trashy hotel rooms and mm-hmm. take videos of them and you know all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then the women feel. Then it gets into the cycle. What you're talking about that they feel mm-hmm. so much shame. Mm -hmm. but also fear for their lives. So we were going in, putting in these bars of soap that had on it in all the hotels offering free soap that said, Mm -hmm. if you need help, call this number. And they were trying to go in and rescue. And we also would talk to the managers and ask them if they've seen any Rented out rooms or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, do you feel like there's a good percentage of that kind of trafficking going on?
0: There may be not for my area. Was that in the US that you were doing that? Yeah, it
1: was down in Florida.
0: Okay. I haven't come across that in my research for this area, but I've been trying to build a demographic for Pennsylvania. I haven't come across a lot of snatch and grab. It's mostly been. Family trafficking that starts very young, which is very sad that that is this area. I would, I would, could see it more that along the border. It's usually the vulnerabilities though, like through online, what girls are posting on social media. We word vomit on social media all our problems, and then someone nice looking comes along, and you know you start a relationship like that. I've heard of those kind of where it's like a nice girl but she's being trafficked that way. I have heard of that.
1: Okay. Yeah. That's so sad. Yeah. So what is it that you're planning to develop? I know you're starting a nonprofit mm-hmm. and is that also the learning to live beloved?
0: Nonprofit? Yes. So the, the goal is to have a safe haven either and, or a long-term rehabilitation home for women to get on their feet when they've exited trafficking or the sex industry again, and, or a temporary transitional housing. I, I ideally would like to do both. It's just the logistic of, of that. So that will be to come, but it will be some, it will be housing for women where we can pour into them, and have an opportunity to share beloved with them, whether that is just an action or word or deed, depending on how long we have with them. Mm, okay,
1: so how do you find these women to get them in?
0: There's a, there's a couple different avenues I could go. I, I do know someone in our area that does rescues. I would like to start a task force in our area, work with local law enforcement, help edu- better educate them on trafficking and that victim type as well as like through the hospital coming out of prison coming out of rehabs there's a there's actually a lot of ways to to get them i just have to get myself established then to get on that that radar as a, a credible resource for that
1: do you feel like going into high schools and educating high school boys and girls actually uh, going on could also be somewhat preventative
0: for some women. Yeah, yeah. So I have a friend who is affiliated with Yaku Boyne's ministry in Texas, and she, Kelly, does education. Her and her husband do education seminars, things like that. And so their big push as the PA chapter of Yaku Boyne's ministry is the educational part. So trying to raise awareness and get people in our schools, with the police, with the general populace and community churches to identify when this is happening and also to prevent it. Like you said, to prevent it, because if we if we understand better the vulnerabilities of our children, because there's such with with technology now and and the internet and all those things that wasn't readily accessible a decade ago to our teens we can slow this down and also as a community if we are aware of it we're going to see it more and we're going to push back against it so as a community we're saying we know what trafficking is we've educated our children on it they're not vulnerable and we're not going to let this happen here and so hopefully then push back against it in general yeah that's awesome yeah
1: oh this has been good emily very educational little bit hard to hear sometimes i think yeah it is yeah, it's sad and yet there is hope and i think your story shows that and i have met with some women who've gone through that and the lord has brought them out praise god yeah. and in his love yeah he can do that so i think for those listening this might be a ministry that you'd be interested to get involved with could they contact you if they you could at least refer them to groups or whatever.
0: Sure. So you can find me, the website for Learning to Live Beloved Ministries is livebeloved.org. You can find me on social media, on Instagram at emilykark. It's just my name, K A R C. And through both of those, there's a way to email or message me. If you have questions or want to get involved somehow or need help with trafficking, I can try to get you to the right person.
1: That's great. And you also will need finances to start up these centers. So that might be a cool place if y'all are praying about where you could give, you know, just just contact Emily Kark.
0: Yeah, that would be fantastic. That's awesome. Okay,
1: Emily, thank you. And thank you all for listening. And if you know of anybody who'd be interested in this kind of ministry, or you have a suspicion of somebody struggling in this area, please contact Emily and we'll, you can go from there. All right. Thank you, you so much. Have a great much. week, everybody. Your God time. bless you.
0: Thank you for being a part of our community and tuning in. We would love to hear from you. Submit your own questions or comment on today's episode on the crown of beauty international Facebook group, or email us at crown of beauty international at gmail.com. Push that subscribe button and leave us a review. Come back next Thursday as we go deeper into his heartbeat.